the School of Supernatural Life here. Um, but I've also got another role as well in our business. And so we, as Jonathan said, we just want to share our testimonies, share our stories, and um, and just celebrate really all that God's doing in our business, in, in our world, really. So I'm going to hand over to Rob to start. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Well, you know our names now. Um, I'm Rob. This is Vicky. Um, we just want to we want to do a lot of shout outs tonight, actually, and honour a lot of people. And the first people that we want to um, thank is uh, David and Tim for actually asking us to come and, and speak about this. Really appreciate that. And the second thank you that we want to do is to Jonathan and Rosner. Um, if you didn't listen to it, um, please get it on the podcast. They spoke on the 25th of June. Um, was the 25th, wasn't it? Yep, about heaven in business. And we were so inspired by what they did. They called it partnering with God in business. We decided to call ours, um, if I could have it up now, Hannah, partnering with God in business part two. Because we really want to build on what, on what they did and what they said. So they started their talk by saying that they wanted to talk about freedom and what they wanted to give away and release was freedom. And a lot of our dream is about leading people to freedom, including financial. So uh, if you've got a Bible or if you've got a tablet or whatever you've got, um, Galatians um, chapter 5, verse 1 and 6. So verse 1 we know very well. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. A lot of people are slaves in there workplaces. Verse 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And I just want to repeat that again, because that really grabbed hold of my heart the other day. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, this talk is not just for those people who run their own business or even just for those who work in a business. It's for everyone. The keys and principles that we're going to talk about today apply in the workplace, at home, in the family. And um, Vicky, can you just tell them a bit about our family? And while you do, I'll see if I can get this working. Yeah, okay. We have actually got a picture of our family if it comes up. But a lot of you know us anyway. Um, Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Right. Have we got a picture of our family on us there? Right, that was the verse. There we go. There we are. That's our family. So um, I'm married to Rob, and um, we met at university. We went to Coventry University. And that in and of itself is quite a story. We were put together quite supernaturally by God. Um, It's a hugely long story, but just in a nutshell... um, we, we met and became really, really good friends. We got on really, really well um, and were very close. And quite quickly, Rob sort of fell in love with me, really, and um, <laughs> knew that I was the one. Um, but I, not, <laughs> sounds very, very, um, very arrogant there, doesn't it? But I, I um, really resisted that. I, I didn't particularly want to get into a relationship. I was perfectly happy um, without being in a relationship. And so I kind of... I kind of hurt you quite badly with my sort of, you know, yep, not interested. You're a good friend, but this is not going to happen. Um, and I know, I know. He's over the ministry now. Yeah. So um, then as part of my course, I went to France for five months and then came back um, for a couple of weeks before I went to Germany for five months. And during my time in France, I got really, really close to God. I had a great intimate relationship with God. 
Um, and every time I got close to God, God kept saying, you know Rob is the one for you, don't you? <laughs> yeah, God. And so yeah, God. I was, look, we're not having this conversation, God. You know, we'll, I'll come back later when you've changed your mind sort of thing. And I was having this wrestling match with God that every time I got close to him, he was saying, shall we talk about Rob? And I was Shall we not? Yeah. <laughs> um, like this. And, you know, I'm kind of making a joke of it, but it was a really painful time, um, particularly for Rob, who was sort of asking God to take these feelings away um, if, if they weren't of him. Anyway, eventually I finished my time in France and came back to England. And we just had two weeks um, where I came back to Coventry to see all my friends. And God was still talking to me about Rob and saying, but you know he's the one for you. You know he's the one for you. Um, and, and I was still resisting. I was really happy being single and, um, I liked Rob as a friend, but that was it. And then one night we, we got together, um, for a meal and, um, Robert had a dream about me. So he, he said, look, I've had this dream. I just want to share it with you. So he shares this dream and the presence of God just completely filled the room in, in such a thick, tangible way. It was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and there was just a total peace throughout the room. And Rob knew that whatever happened, it was going to be all right after that night. Um, and Holy Spirit said to you... Ask her to marry you now. <laughs> and, and we'd never been out on a date. We'd never kissed. We'd never gone out. We'd never done anything. And God, <laughs> and God said... Honest, Gov. And God said... Ask it, and, and what is, you know when it's like when you're in love and you don't know how the other person, if it's not like butterflies, it's like snakes in your <laughs> stomach. And it had been like that for a long time, like months, and, and, and then, but then suddenly, complete peace. And God just said, ask her to marry you now. And I knew if she said yes, if she had said no, it didn't matter. I was gonna, it was gonna be okay. I just had complete peace. So Rob said, I feel Holy Spirit's asking me to ask you this, will you marry me? And I said yes, because the night before, I'd been having this amazing time with God, and God had said, look, you know Rob is the one for you. And I, in exasperation, had said to God, well, right, I will marry Rob if he proposes tomorrow night. <laughs> Knowing full well that that was never going to happen because we hadn't even been out. So, um, so there you go. So then we had this kind of, well, what do, what do you do? Do you date? Do you, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, we so our that's parents are not going to understand. They weren't Christians at the time. They're not going to get it if we say we're getting married. Yeah. So from that moment on, in our hearts, we were engaged. But we, we kind of went out for a few months. Um, and then we got engaged and married 18 months later. So quite a supernatural story, which is really key because we know that God has put us together and that yeah. we, you know, work really well together and that we're a divine team, really. So, so that we carry that with us everywhere. So we got married and then we had these two lovely ones, Hannah, who's 18 and just gone off to Warwick University. And hope, she's been there a week, so hopefully she's not having similar conversations with God about a boy. She's just out there. <laughs> and um, Joseph is 15, so he's doing his GCSEs this year. Yep. And, so, um, do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. We're, we're both directors of um, two companies, actually, um, Gladwin Enterprise and Gladwin Legacy, um, which are property investment companies. So um, Vicky and I are both directors of this company. Uh, I want to ask you a question. 
who do you think is the senior partner in our, in our business? Now, you have to bear in mind, I did marry an older woman. Two months. Vicky is two months <laughs> older than me. Um, so who do you think is the senior business partner? Vicky. Vicky. Now, well, the answer is, you're in church. You should know the answer is God, of course. <laughs> God. <laughs> Pete got it. Pete got it. He's the... Get a, give him a gold star. You. That's good. Um, so the senior business partner, and uh, one of the questions that we want to ask you tonight, with, whether you're in business or, or wherever you are, who is your senior business partner? Because the, business, the senior business partner has the final say, releases the resources, sets the vision, and creates the atmosphere. Of the organisation, and Vicky's going to talk a bit more about yeah, that. So, so whether you're in business or whether you work at home um, or whether you are an employee, I just want you to reflect just for a moment on who is the senior business partner in that situation. Who is the boss of that company? Who is the head of the household? Because that's the one who has all the authority and all the answers um, and sets the vision, as Rob said. So I'm going to tell you, because of this heaven in business, I want to tell you some of the history of, of our business. And this will involve um, uh, honouring more people, actually, and thanking more people. So I'm, I'm one of these people. It's, it's taken me a, a long time to, to come to the realisation, oh, yeah, it's because I'm one of them. Um, I'm a, an entrepreneur. Um, and one of the ways I know that is because as long as I can remember, whenever I've been in a job, I've thought, there's got to be a better way to earn money than this. This thing I'm doing, there's got to be a better way than this to make money. Um, and so I was looking to invest, and I realized one of the best things I felt I could invest in was property. But I had a very small problem in that I had no money at all, <laughs> in with which I had enough money to live, but not to invest. And um, so I wanted to invest. And then my dad rang me one day, and he said, oh, I'm thinking of buying a holiday home maybe in Spain, maybe in France. You know, we really love our holidays. And at first, I thought, well, you know, property's always good. And I said, okay, yeah, go for it. And then, actually, I rang him back. And I said, actually, Dad, I've changed my mind. Bad idea. Uh, I said, I know my mum. If it's your holiday place, she is not going to want to rent it out to other people. So it will sit empty for 10 or 11 months of the year. You'll have to maintain it. You'll have to pay people to maintain it. Uh, Every time you go, you'll be thinking, you know, is the roof need doing does the pool need doing um do yourself a favor buy somewhere in the uk um let someone rent it so the mortgage is being paid by someone other than you um and let it go up in value um in the meantime you can go on holiday wherever you want you don't have to feel like you always have to go to your holiday place and in 10 years time when the place has increased in value if you still want a holiday place well then just sell it hoping he never would but you can just sell it and buy a holiday place And then I said, and actually, I was thinking of doing this, but I don't have any money, so why don't we do it together? I'll do all the work, you put the capital in, and we'll invest in something together. And something that I will always, always be grateful to my mum and dad for is he said, yes, let's do that. And the way um, we actually did it, we worked out for some financial advice that the easiest way was for them to remortgage their house, because they live in Epsom and houses are quite expensive, um, and to buy the first house that way. So we remortgaged their house and bought it. So that was the very first house. And that was in a road called Gladwin Close. 
hence the name of our company, Gladwin Enterprise. So the first key that we want to talk about, if you're making notes, and the thing we want you to remember is family. Your business has to bless your family. Jonathan Rosner spoke about this. If they neglect Robbie or each other for their business, what's the point? They can make all the money in the world, but they've lost everything that means anything. If you neglect God and you neglect those you love, so it's family. And then I won't go into huge detail because of time, but we remortgaged that property. We bought another. We did that again. We bought another. So we went up to three. And that took us up to about 2008. And then we stalled for a while. But yeah, we'll then tell in, you why. in 2008, um, God suddenly opened a door for us to um, plant a church with a small group of people in our local town, actually in the primary school where our children went to school. And um, we, we led that church for five years. We, we had an amazing time, um, learnt loads, and there was a lot of fruit. We had great relationships with the community. Um, but in 2010, we started doing the school here, um, which really just turned our world on its head. Um, and we just realized there was so much more. And, and what we thought God was, he, he just had so much more for us. So we went on a journey um, processing that and processing that with the people in our church. Then we got um, quite a big prophetic word, um, which talked about um, the direction of the church and wh- where we needed to be going. Um, which we sat and we, we worked through with, uh, well, between ourselves, first of all, with God and also with the leadership team of the church that we were in. And also with the leadership team here, actually, Pete and David gave us a lot of support at the time and Jim. And um, over a period of a couple of years, we realized that actually we would be stronger and we would get so much more and our community would get so much more if we actually became part of what God was doing here at Eastgate. So we talked to our leadership team, and this is a shout out for John and Susie, really, who were part of the, the river, our church at the time. Virtually the whole church um, came and became part of Eastgate. Um, so so that, that was what we were doing in those five years. Um, yeah. yeah, so we didn't buy any houses at that point because it, it was quite difficult to lead a church and do a property business. Um, and so when the church finished, um, Vicky actually got a job pretty quickly uh, as part of the school here. Um, I, I didn't have a job and I had no idea what God wanted me to do. So I was praying, worshipping one day and saying, Lord, you know, I've laid the river down. Uh, what, what do you want me to do now? And, and to be honest, assuming that God would probably tell me about a new thing that he wanted me to do. And God very clearly showed me a picture of a hand and, and my hand and said, there's more to do with what I've already put in your hand. And I, so I looked at what was in my hand. And one of the things that was in my hand was this property business that we had. You know, still fledgling, just three properties. But I knew God was telling me, I want you to make that grow. And Jonathan and Rosner spoke about, you know, they had this word about aggressive expansion. And about four or five years ago, that was what God told me to do. He said, I want you to expand what you're doing in property. Amazingly, my mum and dad agreed to remortgage their house again um, (laughs) in order to release seed money, which we then invested and um, bought a number of properties. And, you know, there's there's something I want to share with you based on a a, a biblical parable. Now, you know, we all know the parable of the prodigal son, or as we like to call it, of the wonderful father. So the son asks for his inheritance early, and then he goes off and squanders it. 
And I feel like our story and part of our sort of life message is, imagine, you see, the problem with that son is he didn't have a good relationship with his father. He didn't really know who his father was. So he just wanted to take the wealth and run and spend it unwisely. Imagine if he'd said instead to his father, Dad, I've seen what a good dad you are, and I've seen how you've built up your estate. And I'd really like to be able to access my inheritance early But you're so good at what you do. I want to do it with you. And I want to build my inheritance with you while you're still alive. So that you can have the pleasure of seeing it grow in your lifetime. And then for generations to come. And that is what me and my mum and dad have done. I've accessed an inheritance early. We've accessed an inheritance early. And, and invested it in their lifetime. And uh, Vicky's going to share some more about that. Yeah, then in, in 2013, my dad um, died quite suddenly. And um, he, when his estate was all sorted out, my mum my mom got this, this big chunk of money, uh, which she didn't really need. And so she basically called us up and said, look, I would like you to invest this. I'm going to give you your inheritance now. Um, so, so my mum also did the same and gave us money um, to invest. Now, I have a brother um, who's two years younger than me. He's fabulous. He's got learning difficulties. So um, at some point in his life, we're going to need to give him some help. He's able-bodied, but um, he's probably unlikely to be able to live independently unless God does something amazing, which is always possible. Um, but, you know, he, he's going to need some help when he gets older. So we're partnering with God and with my mum to make sure that he's cared for for the rest of his life as well. So having this inheritance was a huge thing. And um, we're just really honoured to, to have that inheritance from both sides of the family and to be able to work with them in their lifetimes to, to see amazing things happen. And there's a real spiritual principle here of generations investing together. And, um, and one thing I just want to say um, is some, sometimes when people hear the, our story, um, it's easy to say, oh, well, you, that's easy for you because your parents had savings or your parents had a big house and you had... Now, don't get me wrong, we had a big hand up. That really, really helped. But if that hadn't been there, we would have found another way. We would have, we would have worked it out because if, if you just decide, you know, I, I trust God and He's going to cause me to be able to create wealth and make this thing grow, then He will show you a way. We, we were blessed to have parents on both sides who trusted us and would invest in us in that way, but there is always a way. So we want to talk uh, just a, a bit more before we move on to our next point about family, and I'll show you a picture. Um, we talk a lot in the church, in this church certainly, about one generation ceiling being the floor for the next generation and building. We talk about it supernaturally and spiritually, but I also believe it with regards to business and, and wealth creation. And I just want to tell you the, the story generationally of our family. So that flat there, I have a lot of emotional attachment. Not the top one, but the one in the middle with the balcony. Um, when I was a kid, because my dad is German, uh, we used to go to Germany every year on holiday. And that was the flat that we stayed in, because that was the flat that was owned by my Oma and Opa in Germany. So I have very, very fond memories. And we visited it this year. Now, they... In, in um, my dad's going to be amazed that I'm going to say this, but in Esslingen, where my dad comes from, there's a saying, Sparen, Sparen, Heuslebarn, which means save and save and build a little house. 
Um, and it's really ingrained in the culture, okay, that the most important thing you can do is, in financially is to save and save and build a little house. Now, I didn't realize until two things, until literally, one, until we visited Germany this year, and the other one I literally learned this week from my dad. And that was that that was the first home that my grandparents ever owned. In fact, it was the only home they ever owned. And they didn't own, they didn't live in it until right at the end of their working life. Now, I found out from my dad the other day, and you know when your dad tells you something, you say, I cannot believe you didn't tell me this before. <laughs> right? They'd actually bought it ten years before they moved into it. And they rented it out to a dentist while they still worked in their shop and lived in a flat above their shop. And then they moved in for their retirement. So they didn't manage to buy a house until in living it till the end of their life. Um, my mum and dad bought their first house when they'd been married 12 years. We bought our first home when we'd been married four years. Are you seeing the acceleration happening here? And then, with that wealth from their home, our home, we then went on to build a property business. So one generation ceiling becomes the floor of the next generation while they're still alive. It's just amazing. And then at the other end is our children. Now, I remember once having a chat with Hannah and saying, Hannah, you do realize when I'm doing this, we're building your pension. That's what we're doing. And I remember her mouth just opening and looking at me and saying, you're building my pension. And I said, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. That's what this business is for. And so it has to bless all of the generations. Um, but like Jonathan and Rosner, we want God to be at the center of our business. It's important that it blesses our family, but God needs to be at the center. And, and one of the ways that God is at the center, very much like with Jonathan and Rosner, is that we listen to God for words of wisdom, as David was talking about this morning, for words of knowledge. About it's, There are thousands, millions of properties that you could buy. Um, and deciding which one is difficult. And so we want to tell you one story about uh, two, two flats that we bought in Stratford. And um, so I was sitting, some of you will have heard this, but I was sitting in a train in Stratford International Train Station. And I'm always looking around thinking, you know, is this a good place? And I remember sitting on the train thinking, I would love to find something here. This would be a really good... I knew it was up and coming because the Olympics had happened and there'd been loads of regeneration... And so I came home, and um, I usually have a phone with me all the time, but I happened to not have it for about half an hour, and then I saw I had a missed call from a property guy. So this was the same day. And I rang him back, and I said, I see I got a missed call from you. He said, oh, yeah, I've got some flats come up in Stratford. Are you interested? I'm thinking, no. Like, I was literally on the train that day. So then I asked Vicky to pray. Yes, yeah, so when, when Rob asked me to pray, I should say it was like, please pray because I've got to make a decision now. It, it was like <laughs> one of those calls. That um, and, and with these guys, you have to move really quickly. So I kind of fired up a really quick prayer and said, oh God, you know, tell me, give me something, give me something. Um, should we buy a property here? Um, and the thought that flitted through my head, and it was just a thought, was Riverside. Now, I, I do the kind of the prophetic stuff in the school and Prophecy 101 is you dismiss nothing. Even those tiny little thoughts that flash through your head, you dismiss absolutely nothing. Um, So the second thought that flashed through my head after Riverside was, 
oh, that can't be that. You're just thinking of that because you went to Riverside Country Park this morning. So I dismissed it out of hand. So I then thought, okay, okay, give me something else. Give me something else, Jesus. Um, And then I felt, he said, Riverview. So Rob's kind of on the phone to this guy and scribbling numbers on the back of an envelope while he's talking to this guy. And I just quite flippantly said, if they're called Riverview, I think we should buy two, just as a joke. So, <laughs> it's quite a joke. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean, really casually. And, um, and Rob, Rob says, oh, just, just hold on a minute to the guy. And he says, it's not Riverview, they're called Riverside. <laughs> So I was like, oh, can't believe it. I said, that's the word I got first. And he said, there are, he's offering us two views. Um, you, can, you can have one that looks out to the east, and that's a street view. Or you can have one that looks out to the west, and that's a river view. So we said, right, well, we'll, we'll buy two with a river view, um, which is what we did. And our plan was that we would rent those properties out. But actually, we, we changed our strategy this year. Um, and we decided to sell those properties. Um, and we made a great profit on them. Um, it, w- it was just an incredible God thing. And, um, yeah, he led us to those properties. And then when we changed strategies, we, we, we did really well out of those. So on, on that story, when I, when I first pondered what had happened, I, I automatically assumed, oh, you know, God popped it into my heart to want somewhere in Stratford. And then he, he'd provided them because he had them lined up. And then I really felt God spoke to me within a very short space of time after that. And I thought, what if it wasn't like that? What if it was that I was sitting in a train and I looked around and I thought, I would love something here. I would love something to buy here. And what if God heard me and said, I love my son, Rob, and I love to give him things that he wants because I'm a good dad. So I'm going to give him that thing that he's asked for in his heart because he's my son and I love him and I'm a good dad. And that's what I believe happened. So I want to tell you another story because testimonies are just great because they tell us how God, how good God is. Um, so I was doing the thing that you're supposed to do when you're in my business. I was walking up and down the street going to different estate agents and um, I've been bumped into um, a homeless man and um, I decided to... Uh, do the decent thing and buy him a meal so I took him to Subway and bought him a meal and I got chatting to him and then I went and looked at three houses um, and then I came home to Vicky so, so Rob showed me um, the speck of these three houses and we sat and we prayed and looked at them and um, there was one house that we particularly felt drawn to and it was in a street called Nelson Road and um, of, of the three houses, it was the one which potentially um, would do the best for us financially, but also it was the highest risk. Um, and so we were kind of, well, you know, should we, shouldn't we? But we both really felt drawn to this property and we thought, right, we're in the morning, I think we'll put an offer down on this one. Fine, Nelson Road. So then a little bit later on, Rob said, oh, I met a homeless guy in, in, in the town today and, um, you know, I bought him lunch and he was a really lovely chap. And I said, oh, yeah. Um, you know, tell us about it. And he was, he was saying, yeah, you know, we had a really great time. He was a Thatcher, which is really bizarre, isn't it? But he was a Thatcher. He said, and, um, yeah, his name was Nelson. Oh, okay, so his name was Nelson, and the, the house that you've shown us is in Nelson Road. And God just gives these little nudges and these little signs, and that just gave us the faith um, to, to put in an offer on that house, house which we did. And then that offer was accepted immediately, 
And um, now the reason I was interested in that property, we were looking to buy something to create what's called an HMO, which is a house of multiple occupation, a house where you do up the rooms so that they can be let individually. And um, I've got to be honest, um, I, a few years ago, people started telling me this was the way to go. But one of our core values, which we always uh, like to refer to, is that we only ever want to rent places that we would be prepared to live in. I'm never prepared to rent something out that I wouldn't live in or allow one of my children to live in. And to be honest, for a while I resisted because I thought, who really wants to live in one room? Isn't it a bit squalid? Is it a bit pokey? Um, but then, to be honest, God really changed my mind. And um, we, we decided, do you know what? If we're going to do this, we're going to do it with excellence. And so we, we bought this property, and I just want to show you some photos. So that is what we did with it. So I don't know about you, but it's not like the student house that I lived in when I was a student. And I want to show you something, because I just find it so exciting, and I love it. Um, and Ant showed me a good way to do this. Um, this is the house. So we decided to go for excellence as well in how we displayed the house to people. So this is a 3D model that we had made of the house. And I'm just going to play this. Um, we'll see time-wise how far we can do. But So that's one of the bedrooms. Um, and I just want to give a shout-out to Kate Harpham because she dressed all of these rooms for us and made them look beautiful. So there's six double bedrooms in this house. Two of them have en-suites. Um, and we've put things like these pictures up, which we've actually left a lot of the pictures on the walls. Um, and this just shows you how, how beautiful it is. We decided if we're going to create homes for people to live in, if people have only got one room, and they share, a, uh, they, some of them share bathrooms and they all share the kitchen, then we're going to have a state-of-the-art kitchen, built-in appliances, we're going to have en-suites when we can, we're going to have only one bathroom between two, we're going to make it the best HMO it could be. And I just want to show you one little detail in the kitchen, something that Kate did that we really love. Kate has a real passion for doing this and for bringing um, God's creativity and presence through um, making beautiful spaces. So if I show you the kitchen, I love doing this. I could do this for so long. I could waste so much time. (laughs) If you look over here, there's a thing on the wall. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. Here we go. Let's go backwards. Um, Dream, believe, achieve. And the team of people that um, rent this out for me um, the guy's name is Hassan, and when he saw that, and everybody who sees it is like, I love that, I love that. And he's asked Kate now to dress more houses for him, and he said, I want you to put one of those in every house that I do. <laughs> but it just changes the atmosphere, you know, and, and he, was say, he was actually saying to her, it just, it just makes you feel more positive about living in this space, you know. And so just a tiny little thing like that and using Kate's giftings um, is, is just really exciting. So one other thing that I did, because we talked about the culture, um, this is Hassan at the back and his team. And I said to them, once you've rented all six rooms out, because that's significant to me as a landlord, once you've rented all six rooms out, I'm going to bring in a bottle of champagne and some chocolates, and we're going to have a celebration. And so we did. Uh, I took in, and do you know what? You never know how people are going to receive a gift, do you? You know, you never, and then I, I took it in, and um, he said, right, turn off all the phones, everyone. Um, we're going to sit down now. We opened the bottle of champagne. We ate the chocolates. And he said to me, 
He said, no landlord has ever done this. No one's done this. And so we're changing the culture in the, in the world that we're living in. That's, that's what we're doing. Um, yep, so the second, the second thing that we want to talk about, the second key that we want to talk about today is faith. And faith expressing itself through love. Yeah, we're going to move on to that. Because I read earlier the verses about faith needs to be expressed through love. And another way you can think about that is helping people. So another testimony, we had a flat on the Springhead Estate, a two-bed flat. And um, Irene, uh, who you know, works at the church, really needed uh, somewhere to live. Really, really, really wanted to live on the estate, but it was quite expensive. And we said to her, well, look, if, if you rent it, we trust you. We don't need to use an agent, so we can make the rent a bit lower. And we, I do have her permission, by the way. I did <laughs> ask her. Um, and now she's living in her flat. And, and we, were a, we went to her housewarming, and most people there didn't, didn't know. They didn't need to know. But I can't tell you the feeling when you've made somebody's dream come true. And you're standing there knowing that God's used you. And, and, and then... I was sitting down trying to write a business plan at Eastgate uh, a few months ago, and Irene just came, and she said, Rob, I just want to tell you like how much of a dream come true this is for me, and how happy I am now that I'm in my flat. And I, and I said, actually, I was just writing this business plan, and God was telling me that the primary activity of our business is to make dreams come true which is what Jonathan and Rosner were talking about, about for their staff. They say, what are your dreams? And Irene then shared a picture that she had for me. God showed her a jar, and she was putting, I was putting rocks in, and God was putting rocks in, and I was putting other people's dreams in. They were all different colors, and God was putting my dreams in. And as I was putting more other people's dreams in, God was making my dreams bigger and making my dreams come true. Um, what, a, what a picture. So our... Uh, our dream is that our business makes dreams come true. Yes, yeah, so um, that, that's a really important key for us. And our third key, um, which Rob's going to talk about, is um, something. I'm, I'm a teacher at ESSL, and I really, really value learning and personal development. And I'm really blessed in this environment because I get to hear all kinds of amazing talks. I get to meet amazing people with loads of expertise. Um, So it's kind of here for me all the time. But for Rob, who doesn't work in this environment, he has to work at it a little bit. So I've really encouraged him this last year or so to invest in himself. And so, in fact, I was thinking about it. The whole of the Heaven in Business team, we're all involved in some sort of personal development, some kind of training um, thing. We've all committed money and time to investing in ourselves and our personal growth. So our first key was family. Our second key was faith, expressed through love. And our third key is further education, investing in yourself. And um, as we were writing this talk, I was thinking about the investment that I'd made in these last couple of years. And I want to ask a question um, for you to ponder in your heart. Um, How much have you spent on your personal development this year? How much have you spent in money on developing yourself? Um, And I want to ask another question. What does that figure say about how much you value yourself? And I'm always looking for investors. 
I'm always looking for people to invest in our business, to invest money with us so that we can buy more properties and make money for the investor and make money for us. And um, whether we're business owners, whether we're employees, teachers, nurses, whatever, we want people to invest in us, don't we? I think we all want people to invest in us. But I really felt that God prompted me to ask this question. If we don't invest in ourselves, how can we expect anyone else to invest in us? If you don't believe enough in yourself to invest in you, how can you expect anyone else to invest in you? The first person, apart from God, who needs to believe in you is you. And to be honest, sometimes when I look at the amount I've spent on personal education, I think, but actually it's been worth it. Actually, God has taught me so much through it. And I just want to briefly talk about some of the things I've done, because I know time is getting on. Um, So I've also, as well as going on, I've gone on lots of training courses with a company called Legacy. And my dad has gone, actually, it's really sad. We're going to one in Florida next month. Someone has to go. Um, I'm not sure where Mickey Mouse (laughs) figures in the thing, but they Um, are going to the Magic I've been getting coaching from a guy called Mark Appleyard, who Pete introduced me to. He introduced me to SOAP journaling, S-O-A-P, which I haven't got time to go into now. But if you want to know more, it's transformed my Bible reading life, which is another form. Do you know reading your Bible is self-development? Did you know that? It's one of the best types of self-development you can do, and Holy Spirit development of you too. Um, And one of the main things that Mark taught me is my business, our business, exists as a vehicle for the kingdom of God to come. In fact, that's the primary reason it exists. It needs to make money in order to continue to exist, But its primary reason for existing is for the kingdom to come. I've been getting help from Patrick Mayfield. I've been getting help from the Heaven in Business group. I've been getting help and inspiration from Andy Mason, from the Backlands, and from getting coaching from Donna. Actually, I really want to honor Donna King. And and she asked me two questions that I, I really want to pose to you as well. The first thing she said is, what does a person have to do to fulfill their destiny? And I can rattle those ones off really quick, and I did. And then she asked me another question. This was like a, you know when someone asks you a question, it's like a punch in the stomach. You think, oh my goodness. I've, and it's not like me to not have an, any idea. Okay? And she said, what does God need to do in order for you to fulfill your destiny? And I suddenly realized that I had no idea what the answer was to that question that I thought loads and loads about what I had to do, all the effort I had to make, all the things that I had to make happen to be a success. And I'd never once thought, what does God have to do for me to be a success? And it it just rocked my world. And Paul Manwaring tells... um, I'm going to do that or not? Okay. Um, Well, really, no, we can go straight to that. So do you want to talk about who's got the bigger role? Yeah, okay. So so that really kind of made us think, who's got the bigger role in our business? Who has to do the most? Is it us or is it our father? And of course, it's God as, as the senior business partner. You know, he's the one who, who makes the soil that you can plant the seed in. Um, okay, so we maybe plant a seed, but he's the one who's going to water it, who's going to cause it to grow, who's going to cause the sun to shine. And he has got the biggest role of all. 
And Andy Mason talks about the fact that actually our senior business partner is a multi-trillionaire genius who owns all the resources, who knows everyone, who knows everything, and who owns everything. And, um, and when you start to meditate on that, it really transforms the way that you look at business. And with, with that in mind, a few weeks ago, I was, uh, I was in church, and I was actually just walking through that door to use the loo, and God spoke to me and gave me a picture. And I saw this picture, appropriately enough, of me with a watering can. Uh, and I was, standing in, I was standing in the corner of a field. So I'm imagine sorry. I'm standing... Sorry. Sorry to have planted that image. Sorry, Sasha. Um, so... I'm standing with this watering can, and I'm, you know how you just know things in a dream? You don't know how you know, but you know. And I was stood in this huge field, and I was watering a corner of the field. And I knew that this field was part of a farm. I could see the farmhouse, and I knew that the farm was massive. It was really huge. And I was, I was watering a corner of one field. And God came to me, and he said, Rob, that's really, that's really good what you're doing. I'm really glad that you're watering that corner of that field. Or you could ask me and I'll make it rain. Mm. You could ask me and I'll make it rain. And suddenly in the picture, it started raining. And I knew in this dream vision that in 10 minutes, more rain fell than I could water that farm in my entire lifetime. Because God can do in a moment what you can't do in a lifetime. So the question is, do you want to get on your hamster wheel and do as much as you can in a lifetime and go faster? Because I've got to do it and I've got to work harder and I've got to do faster and I've got to earn more money. Or do you want to let God make it rain? Because what if God wants to do more than you can do in a lifetime once a year? Or what if he wants to do it every six months? Or every month? Or every week? Or what if he wants your life to be like that? Where he's doing more than you can do in a lifetime. Because if someone's got cancer, can you heal them in your entire lifetime? No, you can't necessarily, unless you're a surgeon, okay? But God can do it in a moment. He can do it ten times in a moment through you. So we can either... You know, and it was good. The important thing is not to despise the watering can. It's because I was partnering with God and doing what he'd called me to do and using what I had that he then made the offer and said, do you want me to make it rain? And so I just feel God is saying to you, you can carry on or you can ask me and I'll make it rain. So. Yeah, so you know how when people go to the gym and they do cardio training or they do weights training? So I love this. Um, it says, I usually do two hours of cardio and then um, four more of cardio and then I do two more of cardio. And that's what jobs can be like and work can be like and running a business can be like. And um, I have to give credit for this phrase to Elias over here. Death to the inner hamster. We all have an inner hamster. That tells us, you're not working hard enough, you have to work harder. And you know, God taught me about this and about the devil the other day. You know, Paul talks in Galatians, he says, who cut in on you? You were running a good race, who cut in on you? And he said, this kind of persuasion does not come from the one who called you. He says, anything that says, you're not doing well enough, you're not following the law enough, you're not doing enough work, you need to do this in order to be good enough, that's never God. 
That's always the enemy. Don't get on that hamster wheel. So, in summary, what does heaven in business look like for us? Well, the first key for us has been family. That whatever we do is with the generations and for the generations. And um, it's, it's just a blessing throughout all of our family. The second key is faith expressing itself through love. We, we take financial risks in faith. Like, for example, with the Monchals who are here at Awana Honor. They came over to do ESSL and we were looking to buy a house, but not in that area, and tried to help them to rent and then just thought, this is silly. This would be much better to just, I know we weren't going to invest there, but let's buy a house there. And then they can live in it and they can do the school and we don't need an agent. Do you know what? It's one of the best deals we've ever done. We bought that house and it shot up in value. And because we don't need to use an agent, we, we, we get more from the property because we're not having to pay our extra. So the ones that come through relationship and are through love, God blesses so much. Third key. So our third key is further education. Taking the time and the money to invest in ourselves. It's just another expression of loving ourselves and valuing ourselves. And finally, and really it's not only you know, last but not least, it's last and most importantly, is that the father, he is the senior business partner. It's like Vicky said earlier, Andy Mason says, you have to remember you have a multi-trillionaire genius who knows everything and owns everything as your senior business partner. So you can either scrabble around trying to do everything yourself or you can ask him and he'll make it rain. So just to close out, I just want to invite you to stand, whether you're in business or whether you're not, whether you do other things. And we're just going to invite Holy Spirit, our senior business partner, the head of the house. Yes, Jesus. The one who owns the company that you work for. We're just going to invite him to come and breathe afresh on each one of us. Yes, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you that you are working for our good all the time. That while we're sleeping, you're looking for great opportunities. You're looking for goodness, for ways to bless us. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I just, I just want to release the ability for each one of us to hear his still, quiet voice. When he just speaks through the everyday We've got so many stories of of just little nudges. The guy called Nelson down in in the town. Who could have been an angel. Who could have been an angel, yeah. (laughs) The fact that I'd been to Riverside and then God brought that word to my mind. Just those tiny little things. Father, would you speak to us in every area of our lives? And Father God, we just ask for anointing for financial breakthrough. Lord, for new businesses, for blessing on existing businesses and schools and hospitals and everywhere that people work that are in this room and in this church, Lord. Because you want, you've said uh, through Elias today, through Vicky today, you can bring breakthrough in a breath, Lord, in a moment. We can water with our can and it's important. But Lord, we ask you in our church, in our businesses, in our families, make it rain, Lord. Make it rain. Do what you want to do. Jesus. Yeah, thank you. And Father, we just release prosperity to this area and we just release blessing to all those businesses in this community. 
right outside, Father. All those people who are in the houses nearby here who've got that Sunday night feeling preparing for work tomorrow, Father. Would you come and breathe on each one of them? Would you bring them hope in their communities, in their situations? And Jesus, I just just thank you for the, the initiatives that are rising up in this place with Heaven in Business, God. That we're carrying your light into our community, into our nation, into our businesses. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you.